Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. And we're back, team. Welcome back to the podcast with another episode all about weight loss and nutrition and we're actually joined with a special guest today we've actually got i think we had a special guest two weeks ago we've got a special guest today and then we've got another special guest that we're recording on thursday so we're doing quite well say so we're doing quite well brian's doing quite well with the guests isn't he hayden yeah you take all the credit mate. take, take credit there i'm just gonna <laughs> let you just leave with that one um how are you mr hayden rolf i am good mate i'm good we so we always start this episode basically talk about how ryan has messed up the audio and not it's not not today it's it, it's been me yeah ma'am all good all good buzzing to get into today's episode got really really special guest we've got we've got a good topic as well that we haven't really spoken about on this podcast like an awful lot have we um, no no exactly it's it, be... yeah because we talk about dieting we talk about setting yourself up for success habits behaviors talking about menstrual cycles and all this jam but we never talk about after or like where else you can place your focus and i think credit to mr Evan, who we'll introduce now, for coming up with a good topic. Because as everyone that watches podcasts knows, Evan, that myself and Hayden have fully admit that sometimes we turn up and we sit on a Zoom for 10 to 15, 20 minutes before being like, what are we going to talk about today? And what's slightly interesting <laughs> for Evan at home? So we'll let you introduce yourself, Evan, this, and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and and all that jazz. 100%. Thanks very much, Daz, firstly, for having me on. I appreciate it. Basically, Evan is my name, Evan Daly. I'm owner of Daily Fitness now, owner, co-owner of um, Lean App, basically. So yeah, just in the process of building an app currently at the moment. It's just basically an online person, trainer, nutritionist. And yeah, I'm based over here in Australia currently at the moment from Ireland originally. So I suppose that's kind of me in a little bit of a nutshell. I suppose I've been in the industry for not actually a massive amount of time, I suppose, probably you're probably talking two and a half years on social media and stuff has kind of taken off and yeah we're, we're we're here today probably because of that yeah man yeah man and if, for those of you that can't see on the podcast you can tell that evan uh, is looking tan from the australian but you can tell he's an irish man with tan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm red as a turkey or so yeah, like, <laughs> how um in um, i'm interested as well in in australia like because obviously your accent will stick out do you do you get an awful lot of tension this is going on because <laughs> always I actually I'm always told I'm a very very strong accent where me my me myself I don't I don't think I actually have that strong of an accent but everyone would obviously say that whereas like some people look at me and they're like what are you after saying like you know I could hop into an Uber and I just say <laughs> I I'm really getting on and they have absolutely no idea what I'm after saying like you know <laughs> and like speaking like, language. Yeah, yeah, literally like I'm speaking another language and they're looking over the shoulder like, what is this fella after saying? So yeah, no, the accent would definitely stick out. But you see, over here at the moment, it's just, as I was saying to you before, it's just all Irish. So like straight away people would be like, ah, you're Irish. I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> you know? you know? <laughs> and do, do, you know, do you know what's the weirdest part? At least maybe this is like my inner kid part is that I always think it's weird because like 
obviously Hayden, we just assume that everyone else has an accent. And like I went to uni and everyone was from like up north. So they've all got accents. And I'm always like, you lot are weird. You've all got accent. But then they're like, have you heard your accent? And I'm like, I don't have an accent. I'm like in absolute denial that I have no accent. Whereas I know now you listening to us, you're like, you guys have an yeah. accent. You have an accent. Do we sound posh to you? That's what all my uni mates think I sound posh, but I'm like, in regards to where we're from, I speak quite common. <laughs> I'm, I'm if, if I'm being honest, yeah, I would say you you have a well-spoken kind of <laughs> That's how I'll put it. You can yeah, say you how can, it is, mate. You can say yeah, how it is. You know what, Evan? <laughs> you can come back on this podcast whenever you want. I'm going to let my mum know that I've been <laughs> told that I'm well-spoken. Well-spoken. Um, well Honestly, the, the, in, in the UK, though, the there's the not so... Irish accent, I, like there's not one thing that you haven't said yet that I haven't been able to understand. Yeah. Speak to so my not that my sister would, would definitely she doesn't listen to this, but my sister's fiance, I don't understand a fucking word he says. Like so he's <laughs> he's he's Mancunian. Honestly, I don't I don't know half the thing. I'm always saying I just look at him like okay. No idea. Yeah, repeat yourself. I, I have no idea. No idea what he says. So one time Vaxon though I struggle a big time is Scottish accent. Like I, I, I can't understand. I have no idea what they say. Like most of the time, and yeah, that would be the strongest one. But yeah, it's mad, isn't it? The way you just completely in denial about not having an accent. Where yeah, we all hundred percent have an accent. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think it's the it's the difference that it makes. Like, well, I talk really fast. Um, anyone listens to this podcast, even my clients tell me they're like, "You're the only person I have to listen to on one. I can't go put you to zero point seven five. Yeah, and they say, and I'm like, "That's embarrassing." But I try to like slow my talking down on the podcast to allow people to hear. But that's when it's difficult is when I think a lot of Irish people speak, apart from Sean, a lot of people speak quite fast. And I think that's when it's really hard because you're trying to understand that, but you're also trying to keep up as well. And then that's when, you know, especially when like someone like really strong Scottish accent is like passionate about something, I'm I'm lost. <laughs> yeah, I, the, Sean, you kind of mentioned Sean there, and he's completely just monotone, like, you know. Whereas <laughs> I find, yeah, I would definitely talk quick. And one thing actually I'd be just trying to do is actually improve even speaking because, like, it's actually so important communication, like, in the job that we're in, like, especially when you're working with people all over the world, like, if you have a big, strong, culture accent, they've no clue what you're, what you're saying. Like, it, it could be yeah. a little bit problematic but then at the same time people some people would love it and some people yeah do you know what I mean? yeah don't you? i'm sure i think the irish one's probably top top there for for the the ladies enjoying that accent probably oh, 100%. The women are probably going to yeah. enjoy you on this accent evan and probably happy for me and hey <laughs> not, not <laughs> yeah for those of you who can't see he's actually he's actually called sinead on the <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry about that actually I've a good story about that Pretty actually good. well not a good story it's not actually a good story at all but um, <laughs> just yeah my whole just speaker just seems like it's after blowing up literally before the call so I was having issues on the other speaker as well uh, so that's why I jumped on this one that's why I was like ah here don't have these two, <laughs> two speakers after, after going like, around I was like there's a Sinead in the waiting room and then I saw your message <laughs> yeah. pop up like it's me on another laptop I was like have, have we got a, a call with a client or something coming in there yeah <laughs> So anyway, without further ado, let's dive in. Let's because I don't want to keep we don't want to keep Evan here too long, and I know Hayden's got a got a cutoff point as well. So today on the podcast team, we're going to talk a little bit about we're going to talk a lot about a little bit about after a calorie deficit. Now we talk a lot a bit about calorie deficit, about habits, behaviors, lifestyle, nutrition, hormones, all these sorts of different things, but we never really talk about what do you do when you get to your goal. 
And we've kind of spoken, you know, you, bits and bobs have popped up a long time. We've never done an episode, and this actually was Evan's take on this, to talk a little bit about after. You know, you don't always need to be a kind of deficit. Obviously, what do you do after with regards to setting goals? And how do you kind of, you know, shift your focus, as it were, successfully and not just get stuck on this constant dieting? Because I think, you know, for a lot of people out there, they're like, I've always been dieting. So if I'm not dying, what the hell do I do? Like, I'm usually just yeah. over-consuming, right? <laughs> so kind of... I suppose it's probably, the arguably, over- like the, it's probably arguably the hardest phase out of everything, isn't it? Is actually 100%. life after dieting. And it's probably like such an overlooked topic. So I'm really, really excited to get into this one. Really excited. Yeah, yeah the reason, the kind of the reason that I was, that, that I often like to talk about this topic is simply because, but firstly, it's, it's, as we were saying, it's quite hard to know, like, right, what topic to go, what topic to lean into. But in regards to importance, I think this is, this is up there, to be honest. Like, our clientele that we would have, and I'm I, from your content, so I'd imagine it's like quite similar. Yo-yo diet, that would that be a type of, yeah, that would yeah. be your niche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, that is the main type of person that, that we will end up working with. And what we find is that they are constantly on a diet, as you just mentioned yourself. So they've nearly, I suppose, created that identity that I am a dieter. I am a person who goes to spend more, and I'm a person who hops to Weight Watchers, etc. And the Biggest and most important thing I feel if someone is actually going to get a long-term result is trying to flip that switch in their head. And for them to understand that weight loss should only be a phase of your year or of your life. Some people, you might go on a year, you might go on two years, but it should never just be like all in one. Because if it is, the reality of it is, there's, it's going to be quite difficult to stay completely focused for that full, I suppose, duration of time. But if you are someone who it's, let's say, 12 weeks or whatever, knowing that there's an end point, knowing that there's an end point to in some, in some degree, the habits, behaviors in regards to nutrition, training, movement, they all have to stay the same. But mm. you can get that little bit more flexible. You can get that slight bit more flexible. You can start eating for maybe a different goal, for maybe a performance-based goal. And I feel like when you know that at the start, when you're like, okay, this is a phase, whether it's like phase of 12 weeks or whether it's a phase that's broken up across my year. I know that, right, okay, there is a, there comes a time where we can maybe have that. Obviously, it should be somewhat sustainable, flexible and right throughout the journey of, I suppose, weight loss. But there's a time where I'm not focused on numbers of scale going down anymore. I have now a new focus, whether that's running my first 5K, whether that's deadlifting 100kg, whatever it is. But the main, I think, psychological aspect of it is that no one, there is life away from dieting somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of trying to get that vision in someone, I suppose, you know? Yeah. And do you think that's a struggle, right? Like for a lot of women as to why maybe they struggle to maintain consistency is almost this like fear of the unknown, the other side of it, right? Well, I've always been on a diet, so I have no idea what that looks like. So I almost sometimes self-sabotage through just fear of the unknown and the safety and comfortability of where I'm at right now. I was just actually, but that sound that was, was, was just in my head where it's like, they don't try. I find a lot of people don't trust in themselves because of past failed diets in their own head, you know, where it's like many people I find give up at the first even thought of maybe how would I say it? Like life getting like really, really hectic where it's like, no, I'm not going to be able to manage that because I wasn't able to manage it before. So, ah, I'm done. That's it. Fall off the wagon. And it's like this cycle continues on, continues on, continues on. 
Whereas if you, the way I look at it is that if you push through a period and let's say you do, things don't go the way you want them to go, say, the way I look at it is, okay, that is fine. But how can you just learn from that now and come forward instead of just running blind every single time and looking to see, okay, why did I give up? Did that make sense that I stopped there? Did it make sense that one meal led 21? You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. trying to have that self-awareness as much as possible in the moment or at least on reflection. So is this something that you'll, so say, whether it be your app, whether it be like in-person coaching, not in-person coaching, one-to-one coaching, <laughs> is this something that you you set them up with where you very much say it's like, okay, this is a process of phase one, which is 12 weeks. We're going to be achieving your goals of X, Y, Z. We're then going to be going to phase two, which is life at maintenance, set you some new goals. Do you, do you like set them out a path for like a long-term strategy? In some way, yeah. But what I will never do is like no one person is the same. So for example, what we like to do is, let's say, for example, when we do a launch of group co- of, of our, our group coaching program, and let's say our app, basically, what we'll always do is first call, we're like, okay, most people coming on are probably going to be weight loss at the start. We're like, right, trying to drive home maintenance, knowing that there is that point of maintenance, knowing that you don't have to be just here. And then if you're here, it's a fail. It's like you can have that bit of wiggle room whenever, for example, woman under period, maybe they for a couple of days, they might need to jump up just to let's manage cravings a little bit. It could be a case that when life gets very, very stre- stressful, they know they have that extra little bit of wiggle room in regards to their nutritional target. So having that mm-hmm. little bit of flexibility for people is, I feel like, nearly a little bit of a weight off the off the, I suppose, the shoulders. And in regards to like the roadmap or whatever, so we would always, one thing we're massive about is explaining to people like why we're doing this and why we're doing X, Y, and Z and allowing people to be able to pick the way that suits them. So for example, there were people would jump on, jump on the call and we would be talking about like, let's say someone at a year's way to lose. We'd be like, okay, try your best to have a little bit of a vision for the next for the next year, as best as you can. And obviously, there's, it's only so much you can do. Well, what do you feel will be possible in regards to you saying, okay, I'm going to be adhering to my deficit for this week, this week, this week, this week. It could be in like six-week little blocks. And we might, they might take, let's say, a maintenance week. They might go for 12 weeks, take a maintenance week. But how on a kind of like broke up to make it as less overwhelming as possible. But then yeah. in their head... How can you put a bit, a bit of a vision where it's like, okay, I'm now going to try run my first 5K. As I said, I'm going to try run deadlift 100kg, just random petty numbers, having some performance-based goal. And I feel that is actually not even just afterwards. It's like so, so important, in my opinion, throughout the weight class itself, because it takes a little bit away from focusing on scale. And obviously, if weight loss is the goal, your scale wave measurements, obviously that that matters, you know what I mean? But it takes a bit of pressure off at least. You're not just counting down the days and you're only having that to focus on. At least you're having different wins throughout your week, which in turn, in my opinion, can help consistency and and help overall adherence. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. And I think also like on that point, it's like when you when you take your focus away from fat loss as being the primary mover and you have some other external focus, like you were saying, running a 5K or it could be a deadlift, whatever it is. Often I've actually seen through data, like the results have also has also like sped up a little bit because 
they're now focusing on something else. So let's use 5K as an example, right? If you're so set focused on running this 5K, the chances are your energy expenditure is going to go up because you're focused on running more and more and more 5Ks to actually like beat your PB time, whatever it is. And as a byproduct of them doing that, they've seen like the scales drop down, the measures drop down, they're feeling great in what they do. And it had nothing to do with them focusing on seeing the scale go south. It had nothing to do with focusing on anything else. It was like that prime focus of like striving for that 5k obviously of course making sure you're in a deficit like the principle of fat loss yeah. all of those things but having that external focus because i i like you're so right in terms of if you just have one sole focus on seeing that scale weight either go like well if it's going south all things are good in your eyes if it goes north well you've screwed it you you've ruined your diet it's not working and then that typically leads us to do like more unsustainable things right like slash the calories lower do a bit more exercise but if you just focus on actually seeing or having a different focus other than just the scales and as a byproduct or focusing on that thing, the scales are naturally going to go down anyway. I think it's such a great place to be. I really, really I do. Think two, there's two parts to it as well, isn't there? There's obviously that part that naturally you're probably your energy expenditure want to increase realistically. But on top of that, then it's like the behavior of, let's say, being a runner or a person that goes to the gym, like straight away your eating behaviors will, will will improve as a result. You know what I mean? Like you are now identifying as a person who is a gym goer, who is a fit person, you know what I mean? And what mm-hmm. does that person do? You know, you're eating yeah. fairly well, you're eating fairly well, you're fueling, fueling the body, etc. You know, so I think there's that kind of two parts to it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, t- yeah I, t- I totally agree with that as well. It's like, you know, when you've gone to the gym or done something productive, you know, your choices are going to be a lot better. And it's all about forming that identity, isn't it? Like one of the things I use with with my clients, which works quite well, is like, before you make a decision, ask yourself, is this for future me? And it kind of goes a lot in line with that. And it's like, you now identify with someone. You're now, and Hayden uses this phrase as well. And this is exactly what you just explained is this, you're now a health seeking individual change your thought process from like, I'm just trying to lose weight. No, you're a health seeking individual and the decisions and the actions that you make are in line with the person. Like I always say, they want to be in line with the person you want to become. You are who you are right now because your lifestyle, your behaviors and your habits. If you want to change and get to this new person, you have to change the habits and behaviors in your lifestyle. And things like focusing on goals outside of weight loss are going to help you produce habits and behaviors and actions that are going to lead to the eventual accumulation of weight loss as a byproduct, but you ending up at your goal. That's it. And like the reality of it is where you're going to be in six months time in everything that you do in business, in fitness, in weight loss, whatever it is, it's literally the daily tasks that you do from now to then that you get that get you there. And it is the small, boring stuff, what Mm. matters and stacks up and stacks up and stacks up and if they aren't aligned with that person that you want to be in let's say the six months time probably not going to get there and it's really is as simple as that like at the end of the day you know what obviously yeah not simple as just doing that but you go to me yeah yeah and it's like i can't remember where i can't remember where or who or if i come from my head but I, I've said it a couple of times now, ever since I heard it, and I, I can't credit whoever said it. And I've, I've done a little like tweet post on social media. It was like, instead of thinking this is going to take 12 weeks, see it as if it's going to take 12 months. Imagine the relaxation that you have if ever you go over your calories, have a social event or anything that you would consider off track. Because instead of a week being bad and you're like, I've just messed up a 12th of it, you're like, I've just messed up 52 
of it. I don't know what is it fifty tooth? Is that what I'm going to say? <laughs> yes. um, but you see what I mean. See how much of a small insignificant thing seconds. it is, and how more relaxed that you are on this journey. It's just to stop seeing it that they're like eight weeks or ten weeks or twelve weeks. It's like maybe we're to blame as part of the problem because we set things at eight week, ten week, twelve week and challenges we do as well. in coaching. Boss, boss. What I all, would always say is, and I'm sure you're the same. When people like. That's just you created that little bit of, I suppose, structure in a way. Whereas people, when they get in, it's like, okay, but you don't have to reach anywhere by then. It's like, mm. it's not a case that you have to be where you need to be in eight weeks, 12, because that just doesn't make any sense at all. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, mm. that's again, just breaking it up that small little bit into little kind of phases. And I'm sure something that you mentioned there of like trying to make a day of overeating be fair and like try to explain to someone how minor it actually is one of the biggest things that i would see is like it's people are nearly in this i suppose the way the vibe that i get is like it's nearly like this fight or flight and this big massive panic and it's like oh my god i'm over i overread that little bit i weekend where i enjoyed a bit more food enjoyed a bit more alcohol and it's like it's as if something is just it's as if the whole thing is just destroyed and it's like straight away it's that big panic it's the very like responsive type um action whereas anyone who i see gets a result and maintains a long term has just they're, they're calm they're calm about the situation having that i think calmness nearly towards nutrition and i suppose movement as a whole in my opinion is extremely important not just be that anarchy type type i suppose yeah. response and it's and everyone's in such a rush to get there but and, and but everyone's in a rush to get there but everyone wants the perfect, well, everyone wants the perfect journey. And I'm like, well, if you're rushing there, you're trying to do it in as quick a little time as possible. But it's because you all know deep down that when have you ever had three, six, nine, 12 months of no stress in life? It doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. So it's like, that's the one of the first failures that you're going to have if you don't step out the mindset of being like looking for this perfect journey, because it doesn't happen. Like there's going to be life changes that, and stresses that come up. The less that that can impact you mentally, you know, a lot of it isn't, it's not your meals that are the issue, it's your mindset, right? It's like the, the more that, that impact impacts you, the, 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 the less productive decisions you make, if that makes sense. And it's like, kind of take a step back and take a 3000 foot view over it all. I think sometimes to kind of try and use a little bit of logic and data rather than, than the emotion in that point. That's exactly it. It's like, and that's the biggest thing, trying to drive in that self-awareness in the moment, I think it's so important to look at things logically, not that emotional response. And like, it's, you mentioned their mindset being the biggest thing, 100% of it is, isn't it? Like, I, one thing we'd always like chat about is everyone talks about like planning, right? Planning your perfect, let's say meal plan and your meal prep. And obviously that's all brilliant or whatever. But to see the days where life gets like extremely hectic, extremely stressful, you need to know how to actually deal with them situations. How can you make like convenient, decent choices and knowing that just because that day is like very, very stressful doesn't mean everything has to go to the wayside or that you haven't been on the plan that you've set out. It's like trying to drive in the tools to people to be like, how do you handle these situations? What are things that you can go for that are like, just that will take a box, you know what I mean? Tick a box and stop aiming for like the optimal breakdown of a perfect looking meal, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's mm. the, the way I look at look at that kind of stressful situations. God, I I am a prime. I fucking hate meal prep. Like I really do. Like I yeah, I, I absolutely detest it. 
Uh, I can't think of anything worse than eating your food cold. Like, or as in, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I like cold food, but I don't, I don't meal prep. I used to, when I used to work like in the gym, because you had to, you had to make food to take with you because yeah, you're there of course. from 6am till 10, but it isn't yeah. your greatest fun. But no, I think it's, it's, it's like, no, sorry, go on, go on. And it's, and it's not realistic for like a lot of people as well. You know what I mean? Like yeah. as in, what, what I would say is now, Instead of like cooking your entire, I know we're gone probably off topic that small little bit, but instead of like cooking your fucking entire week's worth of food, maybe you could maybe batch cook like a couple of different protein sources or whatever, and that could be handy to throw into a sandwich or into a wrap. That's what I look at it. Try and just tick off the the the, the, the one that maybe takes, you know what I mean? That could be quite, I suppose, flexible with, with different types of meals or whatever. But yeah, that's gone off this one. It's what it's you should our uh, other episodes like we, we will literally go like from aliens talking and stuff honestly mate, <laughs> we'll go from a deficit to like puerto rico like in, in no it's time. a lads holiday back in like yeah, 20, it's 2018 uh, yeah <laughs> you're right like we talk about like what we call default diet and i'm a massive fan of what i call default diet is it's like have a think about some of your typical meals like so people might have heard me talk about this but like but like I break my meals down depending on what I'm doing in regards to like calories per meal. So I have like a default set number of calories, but then I break it down. So I know that if like typically my, my breakfast will be about three, 350 calories. I know off the top of my head, depending on what my goals are, I'll have like a yogurt meal, a shake meal, an egg, couple of egg variations, a porridge meal, some Weetabix. And I know the quantities of the ingredients of each of them. So when I go down in the morning and I'm in a rush and something, I've got like six pre-made things in my head that I can rustle together. And I think that's something that overwhelms so many women is the, the like they a lot. I've read a really good book called Rushing Woman Syndrome. If you haven't read it, it's really, really good. But women suffer with like so many decisions, always stress, always rushing around that it's then when they're in those moments, they make decisions that aren't for the future version of them, right? And I'm such an advocate of this default diet. It's like, it's not that you have to stick to it. But it's like, I go into my kitchen and I know that I've got, these breakfasts in my cupboard, I can just choose each day what I want and they're going to hit my goals. I've got, I always got cooked up protein, microwave rice, micro frozen veggies, yogurt, like always easy things to hand that I can put together for when life is stressful and I want to be lazy. And I think that's where you can find people see meal prep as like cooking up meals for seven days. And I'm like, no one actually oh. likes doing that. Even the professionals that look amazing and do it, they don't really like doing it, but they do it because of you know, they're sponsored, they pay a lot of money to look like that. So they have to be very diligent and rigid. <laughs> but there's so many, like you said, flexible ways, having some cooked protein, having packs of cooked meat. I used to do that all the time. Is have that. There's so many variations of like prepped and prepared that don't look like seven meals or seven weeks worth of meals cooked up. Because they're the days, they're the days that things go pear shit. Like, isn't it like, they're the things where people, that, where, where things really go on the back foot. Like when it's like, oh, the, and now I'm going to probably mess up this number. But what is it again? Is it like 7,000 thoughts daily that we can get? And I, I could have put to that number. And it's a lot. It's it's a lot. Like, And the way, what I like to always say is your nutrition should not, should not be, it should take up as little as you, as, as possible, basically, because there's so much other things that are going on. And that's where like even just writing down your notes, a couple of go-to breakfasts, couple of different go-to lunches, and then your few different types of dinner. But you just haven't that made that decision made. That's planning. That's prepping, in my opinion. You know what I mean? And that is 
wipes your life. Wipes yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 60, and, 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 60, 000 thoughts we were just doing the Zoom call the other day and we had like 120 people on the same, but it was Searsha kind of the head coach that was uh, one of the head coaches that was doing it. But oh, she said, she must have, I, she must have said seven minutes. She, and I, we got it wrong. Yeah, okay, it's all right. <laughs> no one knows. No one knows. And that's it. And I, and I think you've, you know, I'll bring it back to like the way we're going, but you're right. And I think like even more now, now, now I have now, like we're, we're always busy. You know, you've got a building app. Hayden's got things. We've all got stuff. And I think also now I have a kid as well. That's also oh, thrown a whole different spanner in the works in regards to like, I didn't used to have to be this planned with my food and stuff, but now I have a kid. It's like the moment that I'm not working, I want to spend time with her. I don't want to be buggering around wasting time in the gym. I don't want to be bugging around at home, wasting time on like, oh, what am I going to eat? I don't know. Like I want to eat, get things done, spend as little time on things that aren't important so that I can spend time on fam, like two favorites, like family and business. Right. And it's like, that's why, especially yep. for a lot of parents that probably do listen to this, because we do have a lot of kind of like mums and stuff that follow us. It's like, I now get it. And I can tell you now, if you don't plan when you have a kid, because life is changed when you have a human, it changes. <laughs> like you can't yeah. be planned. You can't be really diligent because things can happen last minute. You have to learn to be like what you were saying is you have to learn to be flexible. And I think bringing it back to that part after dieting. So you get to a diet and you finish and you get to your goal weight. What do you do then? Because a lot of people, you know, ask me about like, okay, cool. Well, well, do I need to weigh myself? Do I not need to weigh myself? Should I take my measurements? How often should I check in with myself? And I always say, I'm like, look, full transparency. I'm like, there's no right or wrong answer to this. I'm like, I personally believe that like, yes, you want to check in occasionally because ultimately it's like, if you knew, if you know your outgoings are 3000 and you earn 7,000 pound a month, you know, you're probably not going to overspend if you're just careful, but you're going to check your bank balance every so often just to make sure you haven't been an idiot. So what kind of things would you say to someone in regards to they've got their weight loss goal in regards to like some maybe techniques, tricks or tips or anything for like checking in with yourself? post diet when you get to your goal if that makes sense yeah so like it really does again it, it it depends on the individual but like there's one thing that's quite clear is people who do have some long-term metrics in place are people who are far more likely to maintain their weight loss long term and that's just that's mm-hmm. just a fact because at the end of the day if you're finished and you have no accountability no self-accountability of whether it's scale weight whether it's measurements whether it's just even that check in with yourself of how am I actually feeling? If there's yeah. none of that going on, things don't be too long going backwards and you don't notice what the first month is doing. And all of a sudden then it's like, Humanity. it can stay going, stay going, stay going. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's, ex- that's exactly it. And it can quite spiral, I suppose. Whereas what I like to do is, it, the biggest thing that, that I would always write home is people's relationship with the scale. And to remove emotion attachment, I'm sure you're the you're, you're the very same. Find to remove the emotion attachment and stop thinking that it's like it's 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 out to get us nearly like you know what I mean. And when someone can have that relation with the scale and not be bothered by that daily fluctuation and spiking up, going down, staying the same, whatever it is, there is absolutely no, no one has an issue with it. having the scale as a little bit of monitor. Maybe it could be every second day. It could be each morning when you actually have no attachment to it. It's like 
you know, it's, it's, it's not a big deal at all. So a lot of clients would choose to actually stay use the scale as like a, as a metric might be as regularly say, or it could be, yeah. let's say, as I said, every second day, whatever it is, but because it doesn't bother them, they would have that in place because they like that little bit of kind of like self accountability. But what I all also is in place, as I mentioned, is performance based goals. So after finishing the fat loss phase, I will always try and drive home. Okay, like what do you want to focus on now? What is the success metric? Because one of the biggest reasons that people can't keep weight off is that weight loss is arguably easier than the maintenance of it for the simple reason that you are actually having your you're seeing change on a weekly basis when it comes to weight loss. Yeah. Scale weight's going down, measurements changing, progress pictures, how you're feeling your goals, etc. You're seeing that these things happen, whereas you hate maintenance, it's like Okay, this is this is me. You know what I mean. So it's like there's yeah. no reason to keep yourself accountable as such. Obviously, there is a reason, but it's like it can sometimes in people's head be less of a reason. And that's why then I would like to drive the focus of right. What do you want to focus on now, so that you can actually maybe focus on what the body is doing rather than just what it's let's mm-hmm. say looking like. If that makes sense. From like a nutrition standpoint. I will, it all again depends on the person. Some people will like tracking. Other people will be like, lovely. How do I move away from tracking? And I think that's, mm. that's a big milestone for people. Like, let's say if someone is using tracking as a tool, it's a big milestone, like moving away from it and actually then having the trust in themselves to move away from it and have like a, just a, like, I suppose, portion control, eyeball and kind of approach going forward and just kind of living life, you know what I mean? And I think at the end of the day, that all starts from your very first day in weight loss. Are you just focusing on numbers? Are you just focusing on like a calorie target, protein target? Or are you focusing on the structure and habits and behaviors that you're building underneath all that? That's when tracking can be really good too. Yeah. And just actually yeah. proper habits being built. Yeah. Yeah. And I always say like, like, I love, like, I'm always like, when you get to your goal, the only thing that changes is the quantity of your food, the quality of your food, your habits and behaviors, like focusing on like getting a daily walk, prioritizing your sleep, prioritizing stress management, work on your mindset, self-compassion, self-love, all these new habits and behaviors that you've, you've created to be a healthy version of you. You have to keep them going. And I think that's where people get so lost is that they get to their weight loss goal and they're like, cool. And that's why whenever you do stuff, it's like, you're not need to be in a deficit forever. No, but what, what kind of the message I think sometimes has got lost in the industry is that like, it needs to be sustainable so you can do it forever. And where I think that's got, cause people are like, well, I can't like track calories for it. So I know you don't need to, you don't need to be in a deficit forever, but you do need to keep up these habits and behaviors because if you don't, you slip back down into your default. Well, if you look at where you were before, that was your default and that was where you don't want to be. So you've got to keep this stuff up. And you're right. You know, I always say, I'm like, check in as how you feel regular, you know, weigh yourself, you know, if it's a couple of times a week, once a month, whatever it might be, just checking yourself. If you feel I'm feeling sluggish, oh, I've noticed my sleep step. Let's, and it's like just checking in with yourself. You know, you could still continuously check in with yourself once a week, not writing anything down, but just be like, okay, cool. How's my sleep this week? How's my energy? How's my gym? And I think as human beings, we have to have a purpose and a focus. Otherwise, we float through life. And if we're exactly. doing something for the case of floating, it doesn't sit well with anyone. And there was a really cool podcast I listened to, and it was saying about like, like true happiness is always having a purpose, right? We as human beings, you can't do something if there's no purpose to it. It has to serve some sort of purpose, whether it's a personal goal, whether it's drugs and alcohol, which is the purpose of getting a dopamine hit. We only do things with a purpose. So if you are just like going to the gym for the sake of it or doing this for the sake of it, 
it's never going to last. So that's why, like what you said nicely there is like, you have to then shift your focus to what is now your purpose. Is it to, you know, is it still just to maximize your health? Cause you want to be healthy to see your kids grow up. That could be a purpose. Well, how are you going to do that? So I'm going to go to the gym two times a week. That's my purpose every week is because of my kids is two times a week to the gym. That's my goal. Okay, cool. That's a fine goal. That's, um, I think, sorry, go go on. No, 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 you got there. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was just going to say, I think it's kind of a nail on head there of like, people have got this binary thought process, haven't they? Where it's like two phases. You're in a deficit phase and you're in a maintenance phase and they're so wildly apart. Like people think they're so wildly apart. Like a deficit, yeah, people say deficits, restriction, boring, and deprivation. And then it's like maintenance, I can eat all of these things. There was literally speaking to a, woman last week and she, she i was asking her about her goals and stuff and she was saying you know she's she's very close to getting to the maintenance phase and she made kind of like a joke of being like and i, I didn't get into it in the conversation because i mean it's just a that's a whole nother i mean that, that's a that's a long conversation if we're going down that route but she basically said she was like i can't wait to get to maintenance so i can start going and having chinese with my husband again And I was like, this is the issue. Like, this is literally the issue in itself is because you are, if you've got this one set process for the deficit, and then just like Ryan said, it's like, we just forget, it's like the ego takes over. We we completely forget about the habits, behaviors we just established in the deficit because it's like maintenance is this world where we can just eat what the hell we want. And it's like, I think people have got that. It's it's kind of like skewed their their thoughts with actually like long-term sustainable change just like you both said there Mm -hmm. it's like nothing changes you just really when you go to a deficit you just get to eat a little bit more but you still have to be conscious like you still want to be protein seeking you still want to be health seeking it's like you just get a little bit more calories which is amazing but like it doesn't mean that you need to change your food like or anything Mm. Which drives home the importance of not changing your food massively when you actually go into the deficit in itself as well, rather just make your few small tweaks. What I like to do is like, right, what are you doing now? And how can you make the most simplest change possible that will allow weight loss to occur? And again, this comes down to self-awareness. Or I'm going to use myself as an example, say, currently losing fat at the moment. And I was just like, right, I want to make, right, what am I doing now? How can I make this so, so simple that I'm, barely even know that I'm after reducing my calorie intake. And it's a case of, right, I'm doing a good bit of picking. I'm doing a good bit of mindless snacking. So set a little bit of a rule to some degree that you must sit down with each meal that you have so that you're actually being aware that you are eating the second thing. You know what I mean? Because and because that's where like all like hidden calories will let's say start topping up. You know what I mean? And by me doing that, like none of them calories or none of that food is actually giving me any satiety as such or any filling as such. You know. So therefore, for me, it was an extreme simple change. But I haven't changed my breakfast. I haven't changed my lunch. I haven't changed my dinner. You know what I mean? I know then whenever I'm finished with weight loss, right? For me, what is the kind of change that's kind of like going to occur? Okay, I might maybe have. There might be maybe an extra meal out in the week, or there might be like a bit of a bigger portion side, let's say with my dinner, or there might be like an extra snack thrown back in. You know what I mean? But by the re, you have a structure, you have a foundation, and you could mix and match between deficit maintenance, but it's not gigantic at all. But it's, in my opinion, it's the mindset thing where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm now need to change my brain away from number down i need to change my brain to okay what as you said what is my purpose now and i think that is so so important because floating is not a good when you float the year just goes by like that and you're like okay what have i actually done 
sec on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I, I get. I mean, I'm again talking myself because I would just spend periods of time where I was just floating, you know? And if you don't have some form, it doesn't have to be big, some form of checking in with yourself in some shape or form, whether it's monthly or weekly, you, it's very, very easy to float. Many people will say, I don't feel great or I feel like extremely sluggish. And of course, when you, let's say, have kids, young kids, things like that, that's, well, I don't have any myself, but it's it's probably bad for, for a period of time, realistically, you know what I mean? Where you're maybe not feeling like you're optimal self or whatever. But say if that isn't the case, say if like there isn't much like massive external factors, it's like, what are the habits and behaviors that you're doing now currently at the moment? And are these the things that you were doing when you felt like an eight out of 10, you know? And oftentimes when you look back there, they're not, you know? And that's again, just having that kind of like, self-awareness mm. so the the best quote that i uh, maybe not ever heard but a, a really good quote that i heard right is some guy say he was like you want to look at your weight loss journey as so imagine your your ship sailing to a destination they were like so with when ships set up on their on their journey right their voyage they uh there's there's loads of things that are going to knock them off course. You've got like wind direction, you've got like wind speed, all of these things are going to, like it's inevitable. If the ship just set sail straight, it wouldn't land at the destination. It would drift. Your weight loss journey is exactly the same. You are inevitably going to drift. You have Christmas, you have uh, all of your birthday, you have all of these social events. Where someone's successful or not and how quick they get to their destination is their ability to course correct. reflect. We call it reflect and redirect. So it's like, whatever it takes, so post being with a coach, whatever it is, you've got to know how to have those, like you said, micro check-ins to reflect and redirect because you're going to drift, Like it will happen. It's like, it's absolutely inevitable. You, you, you cannot get away from it unless you are literally this freak of nature that like is clean eating in terms of just has chicken, broccoli, rice every single day. You're a bit of a loner, has no friends, don't go out. It's the only way that that's going to happen. But like 99.9% of the population, we do have size. We do have all of these things. We do have stresses that pop up. We're going to drift. But we've just got to understand how to like redirect that drift, right? And it's like you said, having those micro check-ins with ourselves and being able to then course correct is is probably the, the, one of the most important things. And understanding like it's, it's normal for your nutrition plan and not be like not mm. priority. 15, like the, 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 the entire year, like, you know, and that's completely, completely fine. Like, for example, let's say and imagine you were a kid, like your nutrition training wasn't fucking going to be your top priority, but then you're like, you probably have that self-awareness where in a month's time, a couple months time, you're like, okay, right. Like, what can I do? What, what are the things that I can somewhat control that at least mm. not let the shit go? The other way, if you know what I mean, in, entirely, yeah, exactly. You know? And yeah, again, that's sure. just, yeah, which obviously, of course, easier said than done, easier said than done. But, um, it's like control the controllables. Just on a point that you kind of mentioned a minute ago was, was I thought quite good. Where, what was it? You, oh, yeah, you're on about the Chinese, which, which, um, yeah, but I was the Chinese again or whatever. But I think one thing that's really common in like bodybuilding community now is like what's coming back in is like, aggressive fat loss and that like slow and steady is like it's just a waste of time being in a why would you want to be in a deficit for 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 ages like pound a week it's it's too slow or whatever 
Whereas like, I feel like many people, until they work with individuals that have been like yo-yo dieting for a long period of time, like they don't understand that it's like there's foundations that need to be built throughout weight loss in order for it to be a success post that weight loss, you know? And yeah, that's so I just feel like habit building, in my opinion, in summary, is 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 the most important. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because really, kind of just kind of nicely rounds up here is that you've got weight loss, but that's only part of it. You know, I always say weight loss is the first part. The second part is building a sustainable lifestyle, habits, and behaviors, because that's what's going to keep the weight loss off. And then you move to this, and then once you've built all that up, cool. Now you move to the maintenance phase. That's where you remove tracking, live a more relaxed, intuitive eating, mindful eating, these things. You know, they're not intuitive eating, mindful eating. They're not massively science backed, but there are some very good points which do blend into some of the science that's out there. So I'm quite a fan of like that's, you know, with, with tracking calories, moving into like what you said, eyeballing portion sizes, understanding hunger and appetite regulations. And then ultimately, once you get to that point of still doing all the habits and the behaviors that you've learned, once you get to your weight goal, understanding how to manage your nutrition, like we said about these kind of default diets or setting your fridge up for success and your environment up for success, those sorts of things, having other external goals and drivers ultimately as well to push yourself forward still, that's how you're successful post weight loss. Mm. Thank you. You've summed it up there. Summed it up there. Well, look, it's uh i know i was conscious of time because hayden actually was meant to be going at eight um so i was like let's wrap this one up but it is i mean we've been 45 minutes we always say like half hour 40 minutes this has been one of the longer ones but it's all good so thank you ever so much evan first and foremost and i'll let you do a quick quick plug as well where can everyone find you drop your what your, your instagram handles your app handles kind of what can the, can they drop your message this sort of thing kind of plug your this is plug city here we're all fans of like supporting everyone uh-huh. so you 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 do yourself a quick little sales pitch. hundred <laughs> percent. I know it's like, I suppose just obviously Evan daily underscore daily fitness is Instagram and, and TikTok. And then I suppose lean app then is the app that we're currently building at the moment that is taking up every ounce of <laughs> my brain capacity at the moment. So yeah, it's extremely hectic, but I'm, I, I honestly buzz it now. Yeah. Back yeah. Live. And when's that going on? Second of April. So second of April. So if you're interested. Yeah then you can go follow Evan. You can check out the app and on the 2nd of April, you can even jump in to that. Well, well, look, thank you ever so much, Evan. It's been an absolute yeah, man, pleasure. Been pleasure. You can also find in the show notes, uh, the links as well. So those of you that are watching on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, wherever the hell you're watching it, you can always find links to Evan's accounts and everything like that. And I'm sure Evan's account is open for any questions, queries, or anything like that. If you'd like to dive in more. Apart from that, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Yep, take it easy, lads. Yeah.